What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sy of Savage.com, and today I have special guest Philip, the owner, founder, CEO of the Carnivore Bar on the line. And we are going to dive into all things carnivore, keto, what got him into the space, what made him, uh, what motivated him to make the Carnivore Bar, this awesome carnivore friendly bar with beef, tallow, and salt as the ingredients doesn't get much better than that. We talked about the keto brick a lot more than I expected to. We talked about his product. We talked about business, entrepreneurship, mindset, health, human nature, human tendencies, all kinds of good stuff. Really, really, really enjoyed the conversation and I feel you will as well. So without further ado, sit back, relax, prop your feet up, learn something, enjoy the conversation with Philip. Philip, we're live, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderfully well. I want to dive into a lot of different things here, but first, this is the second time we've talked. We Somebody emailed or introduced us on email uh, because we're both kind of doing something similar with you know ketogenic-friendly bars. You are the CEO and founder of the Carnivore Bar, so I kind of want to just dive into all things that that entails. And just uh, what was the motivation behind creating that in the first place, man? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've been doing a, a little bit of stalking, uh, looking up what the Keto Brick is all about and what you're doing with uh, Keto Savage. And uh, it's really about this uh, community and making something that supports the community uh, on the go. Like, there's just not a lot of good options. Mm-hmm. Doing something as restrictive as carnivore uh, you're even in even worse shape than the, the keto advocates. It's funny because I feel like keto is, I'm, I play a very strict game with keto. Like I don't really blur the lines. I don't really hang out in the shade of gray, but a lot of people do with keto. So th- because of that, there's a, there's a bunch of crappy keto bars out there that just use subpar ingredients. Whereas with carnivore, like you'd be pretty hard pressed to like, cheat the system and make like a, a fake carnivore bar yeah it really either meets the uh metric or not but you know there's the question of um additives of mm-hmm. like spices and different things that you could add like any like normal consumer product like you would be adding preservatives just like the bare minimum kind of uh things to keep it shelf stable etc but like the engineering challenge was to do all that without any fillers, without any, uh, out any added vitamins, without any added uh, spice or flavors or anything. And that was where things got really challenging because there are people in the community they, that react to those things. That's so cool though, man. I mean, it's cool that you were able to do that. Like it's, it's clean. It fits the ticket. I mean, I don't know if everybody would find the, the flavor to be good, but like if you're a hardcore strict carnivore and that's what you want, that's what you need. I mean, it like works, whereas most things don't work. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so the first version is just the most narrow, the most narrow path. And then we were thinking of like we could build out from here, but make something that pretty much every carnivore could eat and so that was the that was the challenge to see if that could even be done what was the i mean what was the initial motivation to do this in the first place man like what got you into this lifestyle this nutritional protocol like give me some background yeah so this is uh getting into my story um basically i was a soldier and i went to afghanistan and when i was down there i got really really sick so I think that I got some form of dysbiosis. Um, I was on anti-malarial drugs, which is good. Like, I mean, I'm happy to not have had malaria, but mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of antibiotics for the whole year. So my hypothesis is that kind of messed things up for me, digestively speaking. And um, I tried a bunch of things for five or six years, trying to health hack my way, you know, like a lot of your audience is done um, to help hack your way to a better place. And um, nothing really worked for me. Tried all the supplements, did all the, all the gear, all the gizmos, all the gadgets, um, and just got a lot poorer. <laughs> yeah. Didn't get healthier. So for me, like 
I really turned a corner when I cut out vegetables, which is <laughs> crazy. It's not what I expected, but um, I cut out vegetables and apparently I have some sensitivities that I wasn't aware of. I was reacting to some of them. So I went on this elimination diet, which is meat only or animal products only. Some people include dairy. Um, and then, you know, basically I got my life back. Uh, everything resolved and I started feeling great. But I realized when I was traveling or when I get really hungry or stressed out, um, it come back. My anxiety, kind of brain fog, like, you know, just not functioning. And uh, I was like, man, there's got to be a way to stay keto, keto macros and travel because I love how I feel on this diet. I just, I never want to be without an option. I never want to be stuck at a party, you know, ravenously hungry and, you know, be tempted to cheat and like screw up this good thing I have going. I like that. There's, there's so many people, like I, I get it from my clients. People reach out on email and like the, the traveling aspect seems to be the biggest hurdle for people to kind of beat when it comes to adhering to ketogenic dieting. Cause like they, they, I don't know what it is, honestly, man. It's like there's always something you can find that's keto. And if there's not, it's much easier to fast when you're keto adapted. But for whatever reason, traveling is like the Achilles heel to people sticking with the diet. It really is. And, you know, there's a there's a question of like uh, fatty acids, too. Like I, I come from a medical background. So I was a, a medic in the army. And I was going to train to be a paramedic, and I was I was in the ER for 12 hours, you know, doing all night. So I'm watching these people all die from uh, it looks like glucose-related, carb-related illnesses that are all preventable. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting looking over a free cake and a free pizza, and there's like there's nothing to eat there. So we are stuck for 12 hours with crap food and it's i mean it's free no one had to provide that food but like the food that you do provide when it's free is like pizza and cake yeah so i was like man there's got to be a better way to do this to to have this um high fat food and if you look at like jerkies or snack sticks um there's all kinds of like messed up like like seed oils um, inflammatory fats that people put in these like processed foods. I mean, you can kind of find keto food, but you can't find something like the keto brick or the carnivore bar in a vending machine. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true, man. I mean, the gas station selection is getting a little bit better over the past like two years, but it's still pretty slim pickings. I mean, I, I go into gas stations and just look at jerky packages, and I think the winner that's like, currently out there is probably like the duke's brand like little sausage slash jerky thing that those are probably the cleanest but those aren't even perfect nope no no and i i just don't feel as good um so i i did some some research on what's in the uh the keto brick and uh i was really just fascinated by the makeup and the like the whole food ingredients you have in it and um you know, I'm eating only meat here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's it's it, funny because I feel like, you know, I, I'm never, I've never claimed to be like hardcore carnivore. I kind of consider myself carnivore-esque in nature. Like I eat, I pretty much just eat meat and bricks. Like I don't really eat any vegetables. I mean, I mm-hmm. used to eat a random salad. I haven't had a salad and I can't even tell you how long, uh, predict, particularly because I'm in a contest prep right now. But I don't notice any benefit from a lot of vegetation, so I pretty much just eat meat and keto bricks. Um, for me, it's like it, it makes you know having that dietary fat from the keto bricks uh, as a tool to kind of manipulate my energy levels based off of my training and performance. It's it's better for me to do that than to just be strict carnivore uh, because I, I just get a benefit from that. Plus, it kind of gives my palate a little something different, um, but. There's, oh, yeah. there's not a whole lot of products that I would ever advocate or recommend. I mean, me being in a contest prep, like I'm incredibly 
selective on what I put in my mouth. Like I only get a very certain number of calories for the day anyways. And if it's not contributing to my overall betterment, then I'm not going to eat it. Like there's no room for, you know, just fooling around. So like nutrient density and quality is of utmost importance. And like I've literally eaten a keto brick every single day of my prep. And I've literally eaten wild game meat that I have killed every single day of my contest prep, both of which I'm very proud of. That's awesome. Well, I was, I was just going to say, like, I'm, I'm not going to uh, talk down the brick. I'm actually really, really impressed um, with the breakdown of the fatty acids that I found from the cacao butter. Um, I'm really into the research part mm-hmm. of uh, keto AF or the keto um, macros for mm-hmm. animal um, subgroup. And uh, the steric acid in the cacao butter, like the the most saturated fatty acid you can get is like, 27 to 34% in the cacao butter. Mm-hmm. It's only like 13 to 13 to 20 in grass-fed beef tallow. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at these, these fatty acids and what they were doing on a biochemical level and how they're helping to signal in the body and, and like reclaim health. And it's like this steric acid is, is, like the star of the show and there's more steric acid in the cacao than there is in grass-fed grass-finished beef tallow it's funny because like I've, I've actually been doing a bunch of research on steric acid uh this week as a matter of fact and i would never i would never encourage people to eat the bricks over you know natural whole you know meat animal-based protein sources like i always prioritize that but I truly do believe that if you have the proper combination of the two, that is better than just one or the other. Yeah, I mean, especially for this on-the-go thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's about having the right fatty acids. You're doing the right signaling. I don't want to get in the weeds in the biochemistry, but the, the long and short, steric acid is the star of the show, and that's, like, the main fatty acid in the keto brick. And if you look at pea protein, I mean, there are, there are little bit advantages of like of beef over pea protein, but if you look at the amino acid breakdown, it's very, very close. It's one of the most complete, uh, least reactive. Yeah. And another, I mean, I definitely did not intend to just talk about the brick on this podcast by any means, but since, since we're kind of already in getting in the weeds here. You know, I've gotten a lot of flack about using pea protein from the hardcore carnivorous people. And there's a method to the madness there. Like most of the uh, whey protein concentrates and isolates and uh, just types of animal-based protein, especially in the States, are not really optimal quality. There are a few, but sourcing a high-quality, easily digested animal-based protein is not really easy i mean most are not all whey proteins are created equal basically um oh yeah and the the protein that i use is incredibly high quality and incredibly easily absorbed like i've tested out like i can't even begin to tell you how many different proteins this one does not have any negative gi effect on me or anybody else that ever asked whatsoever and to me like i put a lot more emphasis on what's actually absorbed and used by the body than just what the label says and all that good stuff so like if i'm able to eat this consume this and not have any ill effect and only benefit from it you know that that carries a lot of weight with me i am working on getting a quality animal based protein uh for some of the bricks um so i'm excited to roll that out but i have no shame in saying that i'm using a high quality pea protein that i feel is superior to many of the whey proteins that people are using currently Oh yeah, definitely. Quality is, is like a really big issue. Like I originally wanted to do grass fed, grass finished, uh, regenerative only. Um, but it's like not everyone's in the same camp and that's, that's why I was so you know interested in the keto brick in the first place. It's like, I don't want to be attached to any dogma. I, mm-hmm. I really like the science of, and the performance. Like if you're performing well, I mean, do we really care? Yeah. Yeah, it's all it's all performance based for me, which is why I really like your product, the the carnivore bar, because you know, like taste everybody wants something that tastes good, obviously. Yes. But taste 
for me as a highly performing athlete is secondary to human optimization and like a lot of people will try the bricks for instance and it's not sweet enough to them that's partly probably because they're not really deeply adapted and they have a skewed perception of what flavor and sweetness is uh, which tends to change the more deeply adapted you get into ketosis but your product there's a lot of people that have like if they're if they're coming from a traditional uh, you know carbohydrate dependent diet full of processed foods and sugars they're probably not going to like the taste of the carnivore bar but if you're like a strict ketogenic individual that has reclaimed their palate and knows what true food tastes like and you can prioritize performance and ingredient quality then the carnivore bar is freaking knockout right right and i i feel the same about the the keto brick and it's just a different paradigm like the science is so close and so fascinating that it is so close. Um, I, I just think that's really neat. So let's talk about some some obstacles, man. Like you, you've kind of uh, we talked on prior to this, and one of the things that I really respect about you is that you have kept everything in house under your own control, and you haven't farmed it all out to be, you know, used and abused by, you know co-packers that are going to cut corners and use subpar ingredients so talk to me a little bit about that man let's have a little little entrepreneurial biz dev discussion here sure sure um yeah, so mine uh comes through the difficulty of creating it like i don't have any ideological stance against co-packing um but obviously the pitfalls you just mentioned are awful like it's easy easy to get derailed um you know, getting, getting swept up by a co-packer who wants to do the wrong thing or, uh, suing over intellectual property or, you know, all that nonsense. Um, but to do our process, um, you know, we have to do everything with, uh, mechanically or with temperature, you know, we have to do advanced chemistry and physics. Um, we cannot add any other, (laughs) any other ingredients. So if we add in any other ingredients, like we kind of ruin it for the uh, for the people who are most sensitive, because they are they're so uh, allergic to living, so allergic to everything that they eat that they they really have to stick to just beef, and um, you know, no one would have really gone gone to that much trouble unless there hadn't been like an established need in the carnivore community for that. Is that pretty much like your target audience, like your avatar, quote unquote, is the people that are, you know, have a, a pretty tremendous GI uh, issues or digestive upsets and sensitivities, and they just have to really, really go strict carnivore with basically zero additives and kind of like the the the, the definition of an elimination type diet. Yeah. Um, well, Michaela Peterson was kind of my inspiration. Um, you know, I, I figured, you know, like I said before, going the narrowest, the narrowest path and then building out from there. Um, with this kind of product, I, I kind of uh, prototyped it in my kitchen and um, it was really, really hard to make. And I was like, man, if we're going to scale this up, if we're going to make the economy of scale work in our advantage, um, we really need, we need a, a volume that's going to be survivable like if if we go too big and it gets too popular um that's just as bad as as not getting enough interest Mm -hmm. so the carnivore community is kind of like the incubator for even you know establishing this technology and the the feasibility of this and then uh we can expand out from there but you know it's only like 20 to forty thousand people in the carnivore world carnivore tribe Mm -hmm. you know and that's about right so that's the right community for uh, this product development. And then, you know, the keto sphere is like 10 times, 100 times, who knows? I like it, though, man. I think I think so many, you know, would-be successful business people, you know, go astray by trying to appeal to too many people too soon. And going ultra niche, I think, is 100% the right way to go about it. I mean, like when I started my original brand and business keto savage like that was to appeal to 
natural ketogenic bodybuilders. I mean, natural bodybuilding itself is very niche. Natural ketogenic bodybuilding was pretty much non-existent <laughs> that I can tell when I got into it. So I was like an in of one for one. Um, so I think having that ultra niche focus though is is key. Otherwise, you you really don't know your audience. You can't figure out what their needs are, and then you can't find a solution to those needs. I mean, for me, the keto brick was made out of my desire to fix my issues, and then it just so happened to turn into a product that other people found value in as well. And I think the same is true with your carnivore bar. Like, if you're trying to just appeal to everybody all at once, then you'll wind up with nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was trying to get out of my own kitchen. Like I was doing this thing and making pemmican in my kitchen every weekend mm -hmm. so that I could go, you know, visit with my family. I could go uh, travel different states. You know, if I'm trapped in the airport, I'm not, you know, <laughs> screwed to involuntary fast or, or, you know, uh, be tempted to compromise my diet eating, you know, too much cheese or just, just like carnivore adjacent kind of cheats that are, you know, suboptimal. Yeah. It's just, it's just not worth it, man. You, you mentioned pemmican. What, what is the difference between pemmican and the carnivore bar? Is it like just the, the, uh, like most pemmican has like some type of, you know, seasonings or herbs or spices, whereas the carnivore bar just has the salt. That is a great, great question. So pemmican is an ancient food um, that was traditionally um, just beef and fat. Mm -hmm. But in the 1700s, they marketed it to Europeans who craved more carbohydrate and they added, added fruits and berries and such. So, you know, they would put it in rawhide bags and seal it with tallow and uh, sell it to Europeans and uh, French traders especially used it to adventure out into the, the frontier. And this would be a shelf stable trail food for them. Um, for us, the carnivore bar basically is pemmican for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. It's just dried meat and tallow, but it's the way we make it to give it a, a texture, that crunch that is really important. And a, a long story short, it's dried protein, it's dried meat, but you know, the doing of making it like that is a, is a lot easier said than done. I'm sure you know with the the brick. Yeah, it's always it's always always a lot easier said than done. But I, I think the the texture is really appealing though. I mean, you know, when when people go carnivore, the I think what really kind of stumps people the most talking about, you know, hurdles and keto being traveling. I feel like one of the big hurdles of the carnivore is just uh not even necessarily like flavor variety so much as it is texture variety um, because, I mean, you can definitely cook meats in different ways to offer different textures, but like crunchiness is, is just harder to come by in most carnivore recipes. And I feel like having the, the dried meat, you know, overlaid with the, the tallow in your bar, that crunch aspect is, is pretty appealing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... That's part of the, the key. And I think that's the major, major difference between pemmican and the carnivore bar is I was just trying to make something that would have a broader appeal um, than just the super, super duper uh, fanatical hardcore carnivores. You know, the pemmican of, of yesteryear would have been kind of like a pasty, slimy, you know, just rolled up ball of, of fatty meat in a rawhide bag. It is... Not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> I, uh, so we turned it into a crunchy bar that's creamy and, you know, it's the best plain meat is ever going to taste, I think. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's it's effective. I mean, it's beef, tallow, and salt. And unlike, like, a beef jerky, which is just super lean, like, I love the fact that yours has a, really healthy fat profile to it as well. I mean, I, I don't ever really like or suggest consuming lean protein in the absence of dietary fat. Like the dietary fat helps slow the absorption of that protein. It just gives you more energy. Like I don't see too many instances where you would want to have just a lean protein in the absence of fat. So re remind me what the macros are on one of the bars. 
It's um, 80% calories from fat. Yeah, so, so basically the same as the keto brick, honestly, about 80%. Yep, so it, I feel the best on that, on that percentage. I do as well. I do as well. I feel like there's so much debate right now between high protein versus high fat, and I'm actually going to have uh, Ted Naiman and then the next one will be Dr. Paul Saladino on there. I'm super excited to dive into both awesome. ends of the spectrum with, with them. But I've obviously gotten my stance on the issue. But I feel like if if you're healthy and your primary objective is performance and human optimization, then you would be totally remiss if you did not include a significant percentage of your, of your calories, like north of 75%, particularly for me at least, uh, coming from a quality fat source. So hence the reason for the brick macro breakdown. Uh, that's why I love the carnivore bar macro breakdown. I mean, like if you're keto adapted, if your body's running on fat for fuel, you need to have fat in your diet. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, our community is kind of centered around this um, this hypothesis. Uh, Dr. Michael Eads um, on proteinpower.com has a new hy- hypothesis of obesity. And he talks about how these, these saturated fats, the steric acid, is kind of doing this reactive oxygen species thing that might be helping us like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of barely into this. It's very, very complicated uh, biochemistry. But uh, it's kind of like detoxing um, your bad fats, your PUFAs and all the other stuff that you eat with processed food and garbage that we've, most of us have spent most of our lives eating. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, we have to turn back time. We have to clear out that bad fat. It's like, how do we do that? I think some of us who, especially who've yo-yoed, you know, need to have this healthy fat signal. Need to have these saturated fats to, to promote the right signaling. Totally agree. I have to, I'll have to dive into that research because I haven't seen that specific article, but I, I, I want to learn more about this. And I've got like my own personal theories and I'm, I'm kind of, writing and mapping that out so that I can present it in a in a tangible manner but right, right. I, I can see there being instances where you know people could temporarily benefit from a surplus of protein to dietary fat especially if you have a lot of body fat and adipose tissue to lose however you know there's so many different caveats I mean it's so context dependent like if somebody is coming off of a of a carb heavy diet and they are not efficient at using ketones and fat for fuel. And they have a lot of weight to lose even. And they're insulin resent- resistant. A lot of the wisdom in the keto space now, you know, quote unquote wisdom, I use that in quotations, is suggesting, hey, you've got tons of body fat to lose. The last thing you need to be doing is eating dietary fat. However, my argument is if your body is not adjusted and efficient and capable of using that fat, then you're just going to be miserable. Like, you're going to feel terrible. Your performance is going to suck. You're not going to be able to sustain the diet. It's just going to be an uphill climb all the way. Whereas if you, like, take in some dietary fat, give your body reason to adjust and acclimate to using that fat, then it's going to be much more efficient at tapping into its own stored fat. Right, right, right. Totally, totally agree. And, And the form of the fat matters. Like if you've eaten a bunch of nuts and you've eaten a bunch of uh, fats that were suboptimal for you um, with a bunch of different linoleic acid being one of the ones that I'm thinking of, it's like, so that's an inflammatory uh, fat. If you've eaten a bunch of crap for years and years and years uh, in Afghanistan, I ate like nothing but like processed, you know, bullshit. That is the only thing that would have make it overseas. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's when you're trying to detox that, when you're trying to lose fat, like biochemically, the idea is that when you fast, you lose uh, palmitic acid, which is a saturated fat. So I've done my blood work and I have even post into the carnivore, like six months into the carnivore way of eating, I have uh, arachidonic acid and linoleic acid being released into my bloodstream that I'm not eating. See, I'm incredibly intrigued by this, uh, like, I don't know what this would be classified as, but just 
basically toxins and the absorption of certain, you know, fats and just chemicals and just food really by the body that's held by the body, stored in the skin and just stored in the organs and then released years after consumption. I had uh, Sally Norton on that we were talking about oxalates and she was talking about how people can store that for, you know, 15 years or so after consumption and it just blew my mind like i i mean i had no idea so that's the thing it's like if it was energy in energy out that's everything would work but the trouble is is the biochemistry is maddeningly complex and i am not an expert like i do not understand it but i know i feel better when i have more saturated fat and some of these smart people are 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 picking at it i i really look forward to hearing from uh Paul and Ted Naiman, those guys are geniuses. Yeah, I mean, I I love them both, obviously for different reasons. They're they're incredibly intelligent and bright. Um, but I definitely see. I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give away anything. I'm just excited to talk to them both for sure. Yeah. Um, Good deal. What What is your opinion on some of the some of the fats that you see pretty commonly in the keto space, like high oleic sunflower? Uh, for instance, because you, you, that's kind of given a halo for whatever reason. Yeah, Olay doesn't seem to trend. It doesn't seem to be as bad, but I'm not really sure. I'm kind of ambivalent. Like um, Fire in a Bottle it, uh, highlighted this research, and Michael, Dr. Michael Eads is highlighting this research, but it's, it comes back to um, a blog called Hyperlipid, and it's this British uh, lipidologist who's kind of like, unpacking this and is like really ahead of the game and so these brilliant people are referencing other brilliant people it's like it's a way over a lot of people's heads um but there are these signals that your mitochondria are sending and your mitochondria this is beta oxidation this is how you burn fat ketones get like all the attention but like most of the fat is being oxidized through beta oxidation in the mitochondria Mm -hmm. so that's where this energy is coming from but we just do not understand that yet it's so fascinating man like it 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 goes so much deeper than what meets the eye and that's intimidating but at the same time it's exciting because you could literally spend your lifetime diving into just one single nuance of this and you would still not even scratch the surface but I think that's why we're both doing really well with the keto brick and the carnivore bars is because, you know, whatever your tastes are aside, like you're going to feel your best on this high steric acid on this, uh, complete protein. Uh, I think you have BCAAs in your, in your brick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you got all the bases covered and you have the right fatty acids. So like, if you if you want to feel your best, it's like that makes a lot of sense if you can tolerate the if you can tolerate the sources. Yeah, totally agree, man. I feel like people it's weird because, you know, food is and it's put on a pedestal just culturally speaking. Like people that's where they have social gatherings, that's where they have events, you know, it's all around a dinner table and food is, is the, the center of that. Uh, which I understand, you know, that's just kind of human nature. But at the same time, I don't understand it when it crosses the point into negatively impacting your health. You know, like right, you, you can you can make food the centerpiece, and if and and have it such that it contributes to your overall well being, and you can make food the centerpiece, and it it lead to your demise, and I see so many people, even within the keto space. I mean, keto, I feel like if you're keto, you know, a, a crappy keto meal, I still put light years above a high-quality carb-based meal, uh, generally yeah. speaking. So I'm, I'm not trying to knock ketoers because I feel like they're definitely, definitely moving in the right direction. But there's just so many people within the keto space as a, as a standalone um, that are really just eating these things that are, you know, they're not that much better than some of the processed crap that's in the the carb Latin space. I mean, it's like, <laughs> ask yourself before you stick it in your mouth, is this going to contribute to my overall betterment or demise? And that's pretty much how I live 
everything that I consume. Like I know what the macros are, I know what the ingredients are, I know if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing and make me feel good or bad. And I don't eat it if it's not going to make me feel good. Right, right. And the psychology of eating is so complex. It's like it's another layer onto the complexity. It's like you, you don't want to offend people, but then they have expectations. And that's all based on their knowledge, which may be robust and may be paper thin. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you got to ultimately do what's going to make you feel the best. And that's that's why I think confronting your dogma and really you know, investigating, try for yourself. Like, does this make me feel my best? Is this helping me reach my goals or not? And be honest with yourself. Totally agree, man. And and you have to be like, when it comes to your health, I think it's totally okay to be incredibly selfish. Like, I'm amazed by how many people are willing to sacrifice their health and they'll kind of write it off at just a, you know, a singular moment in time where they'll be at a restaurant, they'll be at like a, a employer dinner, and the expectation is for them to just eat whatever is available, and they, they do. It's like, you know, who cares what other people think about what you're eating? Like, you know what your goals are, you know what your health is. If you know something they don't know, don't stoop to their level and eat it just to make them, just to appease to them. Like, Absolutely. stay true to who you are and what you stand for and be okay with that. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think, I think that hopefully we are on the we're on the edge of a cultural movement where, you know, eating food that works for you is is going to take over from uh, <laughs> making yourself miserable to appease others. It's 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 funny, man. Like I I think we're definitely moving in the right direction because you know things like keto and carnivore become more socially acceptable. They're more. I mean, it's exciting. It's creative. It's like kind of hot you know like people are intrigued by it instead of just instantly writing it off there are definitely still people that write it off but it's definitely making <laughs> progress but um it's funny because people like so many people just they they feel like they're deserving of this quote-unquote diet break and that's the first mistake when you're looking at it as a diet you're just kind of doomed for disaster because right. a diet in and of itself is something that you have to you know, deprive yourself of, of something else. Whereas like, you know, people say this all, all the time. It's kind of like a cliche now, but if you look at it as a lifestyle, then there's no, no deprivation there. And the, the moment you realize that and accept that and embrace the fact that, Hey, this is how I'm going to eat every single damn day of my life. And I'm okay with it. Then that is so incredibly empowering. Like I don't need to cheat on keto. I don't need to have carbs. I don't, plan on having a piece of cake when I have a kid and it's his first birthday. I'm just going to make him a keto cake. Like I don't have to sacrifice. Right. Right. I mean, I, I totally feel you. I am, I'm curious though. Some, so sometimes the curiosity gets the best of me. Uh, mm -hmm. I did, for example, uh, try the keto bread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, good, good. That's good. I <laughs> what flavor did you try? I didn't need a full one, but uh, it could upset some carnivore uh, viewers out there. But um, I really think the the cinnamon one, the cinnamon 2.0, I think you're really onto something there. Have you had the peanut butter one? Uh, I I didn't have the peanut butter one. Ultimately, it didn't sit very well with me. Peanut so butter. there's some changes that happen when you go in carnivore. So any adjustment back is uh, is rough, but. You know, ultimately, I think that it's really, really awesome what you're doing. And I think that you've got that crunch, you've got that, that fat, the, just the whole audacity of making it a giant brick is freaking awesome. I appreciate it, man. Like I was, I was thinking the other day, you know, just about the, the trajectory of the business and kind of like who we are, what we stand for, et cetera, et cetera. And it's I don't remember who I was talking to about this, but I, it's easy to look at other you know companies, other bars out there, and and you know quote unquote competitors, and just see you know what are they doing that's working, what am I doing that's working, how are we different, et cetera, et cetera, and it really just boils down to the fact that 
the keto brick is not a snack bar. I am not trying to appeal to the keto snacking demographic. Like it is exactly a performance bar through and through. It's a thousand calorie brick, and that's just what it is. Like if you need a snack to make you feel good about yourself, like a puppy dog, then go for something else. If you want to like <laughs> conquer the world and kick ass every day, then you eat a keto brick. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So I mean, ours is like. Uh... 400 calories and we have people split it up mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have people breaking it up you know and it i thought 400 calories was was big but the keto brick puts me to shame thousand calories that's awesome i appreciate it man well that, that's another topic that we can dive into and that is you know the whole concept of calories and just energy i mean i like to think of it in terms of just energy and fuel as opposed to calories because yeah. calories gets a bad rep but it, it is calories um there's obviously a lot of people out there that eat in excess and are consuming far too many calories and far too many calories from crappy sources. But there is also this like fear mongering that comes along with overeating and kind of going back to this being a performance bar and not a snack bar. Like if, if you're performing in life, if you're burning a bunch of calories, if you're expending a bunch of energy because you're hustling, then you need to replenish those calories. And there's no reason to be ashamed of the fact that you're eating a bunch of calories. Like I, I can proudly say that when I'm in a, an off season, a building phase, I'm putting down 4,000 plus calories a day and performing wonderfully on it. And I would encourage other people to titrate calories up and, and reset that baseline at a higher intake because that's going to ramp up their metabolism. It's going to ramp up their body's ability to build muscle tissue. Like a lot of good comes from eating a lot of calories if they're in the right context. Yeah, and you're using them the right way. I mean, obviously, you have that dialed down. I've, I've watched a couple of your 4K <laughs> videos, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's awesome. That's really impressive. And it, it's like, um, but you're training your body to burn fat. Exactly. And you're eating fat from good sources. So then when you go to your cut, you're, if you have excess body fat, it's going to be those good fats that you were eating during during your build. So it's like, so when your body releases those fats, it's not like me when I was toxic and full mm-hmm. of poison. You know, you, you're full of good fat. And so then you're going you're gonna to release palmitic acid and it's going to turn on the reactive oxygen species and it's going to, you know, keep you in ketosis and love and life. Yeah, and what's, what's even more than that, man, is like when you, when you ramp up your calories quite a bit and you you know, are one totally opposite end of the spectrum. When you do start titrating calories down and you start going and transitioning into a cut, then your body becomes so much more responsive to that drop in calories than it ever would if you were just constantly, chronically be under eating. Yeah, I, I've i seen people do like uh, dirty bulking and those kind of things where they just eat whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like really surprised. It's like, there's more, you know, it's not a zero, it's not just arithmetic. There's inflammation and there's damage and there's all kinds of like things you're not intending to do when you do that. Totally, man. I mean, there's, there's so much to be said for really prioritizing the quality of the food you consume. And that's why it's super cool for me to talk to you because like most, most bars and snacks and products that are packaged are, are just crap ingredients like at the end of the day they're just crap like they don't contribute to the overall betterment and that's why i always prioritize you know whole foods um but so much importance should be placed on the quality of those foods like right now that i am deep in my prep and my calories are getting lower and i am hungry and i start to think about the food that i'll eventually be able to eat when the contest prep is over i'm not thinking about going out and crashing a bunch of you know, cheesecake to the cheesecake factory. I'm thinking about, man, in a couple of months, I'm going to be able to like get super creative with how to, you know, braise this elk tenderloin and then (laughs) reduce some kind of garlic vinegar sauce or something like that and make it really pop, you know, like I'm not thinking about crap foods. Yeah. And that, and that's great because then, then you're really on a sustainable path because if what you crave is good for you, then man, that's that's the end goal. That's where everyone's trying to get to. Hundred percent, man. Like I, 
you, you hit the nail on the head right there. Like so many people crave things and they're excited about things and they get this, you know, adrenaline high dopamine drip when they when they do things that are bad. But when you can have that same sensation and even better towards something that is actually good and then you compound that day after day after day for the rest of your life, you become um you become amazing. You become a superhuman. And that's what the goal of everybody should be. Yeah, I mean I I have had such an amazing response to carnivore uh lost 40 pounds like just you know anxiety depression all kinds of uh kinds of uh hurdles i i really resonated uh, i watched your story um credit card debt the whole nine yards like you know my health hacking journey was a also a credit card journey mm-hmm. um but like regaining the mantle of what, you know, being a human is supposed to feel like is just such a, like coming out of the cave moment where you realize that it doesn't have to suck. And if you work hard and you're smart about it, you, you can like untangle the mess that, that was your life. What do you think contributes to us getting in that tangled mess in the first place do you feel like it's just expectations put on us by society or or what do you think that's that's a super deep question i just threw at you there but oh no it's cool i i like philosophy um i think it has to do with uh just making assumptions you know we just we don't examine our lives we just assume that what's been done before uh is the best way and we just go along with it. And, you know, for good reason, like we're sending spaceships up where, you know, we're doing amazing things. There's, there's technology, like you wouldn't believe iPhones and internet and whatever. It's like, it's really impressive. You're like, so society's got it all figured out. Um, but they don't, you know, there's some progress in some areas, but like health and nutrition, I think a lot of ways we went backwards. Mm-hmm. If you just, that what everyone else is doing is great you're going to end up like everyone else and that's fat and sick and tired and and hating your life do you ever do like like quarterly assessments on yourself or or some kind of like organized reflective period where you like you know check and see what you've done for the past six months of your life and then see kind of like remove yourself from the equation look at yourself third person and figure out the trajectory you're headed on is good or bad well i might in the future but right now like my transformation journey is has really just begun so i'm a year into carnivore and i started this crazy business and uh that's kind of disrupting sleep stability (laughs) you know i'm not really on a sustainable path but i am like a thousand bars from being done with the pre-order and that's like the, the extension of the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just be in regular in business. <laughs> so I won't owe anybody bars that has been waiting for months and months. That's so for me, man. like that's the finish line. And I am putting everything I have into that. Um, and then, yeah, I hope to reflect and balance <laughs> and have a more appropriate relationship to, to stress in the future. I like it. I like it. It's, it's kind of funny because like when you get into business and entrepreneurship and you start working towards your passions and it becomes like this crazy machine that runs your whole life like you feel now and I feel as well. It's like you you have to kind of like really prioritize reflection and, and looking back. But at the same time, there's just periods where that's just not feasible. Like you're just going, you're just trying to make it through the day. Um, but you feel so, so strongly about what you're doing in the day to day that, you know, you're on the right path. Like you don't have to check yourself because you just know with like out a shadow of a doubt that if you were given one more day to live, you would spend it doing exactly what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, the keto in general is such a life changing kind of discovery for so many of us. For me in the carnivore bar, um, there are people so sick. You just cannot believe it. 
they are just like suffering on a whole nother level that just, it makes it hard for me to sleep or relax or self care or like <laughs> take care of myself at all because people are smuggling carnivore bars into hospitals because they don't want to eat hospital food. They're, they're taking them downrange overseas. Um, Alexis, a, a, a young girl, um, who has autism and uh, is nonverbal uh, won't eat meat um, ex- unless it's crunchy. And so like she's trying to get in high quality nutrition and eat more keto. And it's like, well, she just can't, she can't deal with the sensory issues mm-hmm. of, you know, fat is slimy and, you know, has different textures. And it, it's like, that's not something that she can tolerate. So it's like, well, how to, you know, if, if not for something like the keto brick or the carnivore bar, like, how do you go those places? See, those kind of stories, like getting feedback from those people, I mean, we all want to be healthier. We all want to make our lives more convenient, more sustainable, more enjoyable. But, like, when you get feedback from people where it's like my life literally was, you know, 180 degree shift like I was in hell and now I'm not like those stories like if there's ever a moment where you doubt yourself or feel like you totally went astray by starting this business and have no idea what you're doing and it just seems like it's never ending the, like when when I'm deep in one of those thoughts I inevitably get an email like that and yes. it just totally makes every hardship every obstacle every hurdle worth fighting through and then gives me gives me the spark to just never stop and that's i mean that's priceless man absolutely absolutely so when i'm in my my darkest moments when i have a a problem i can't solve it's like someone would hit me up with a story like that and it just blow me away it's like and that's why i was so attracted to you know your channel and and what you're doing you know i could just see you have a a heart for the community that, that, you know, I really feel too, like putting out this information, putting out uh, this nutrition, making this modality so that people can stay on their diet and, and keep getting the benefits that they're getting. And see, what's cool is like, that's like, you're able to see that in my content. And this is the second time we've ever spoken. I'm able to see that in your motivation for making the carnivore bar, you know, like, that that shines through all the noise. Like people can tell, people can understand and and see what the driving motivation is. And when you have that as nothing, there's nothing wrong with making money. Like money definitely makes the world go round in a sense. You know, it amplifies what you're able to do with the resources you have. But if if I was to get in business just to make a widget and make a profit and there was no passion behind it and there was no emails received about how it changed somebody's life for the better then i I wouldn't feel fulfilled in life whereas now it's like i i would do this same thing that i am doing now if i didn't make a damn penny from it because i'm not fulfilled from the money i'm fulfilled by those emails i'm fulfilled by going to bed at night knowing that I added more value in this world than I took. And I'm Absolutely. okay with that. Like if I died today, I would die with a smile on my face because I'm I'm happy. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And I feel like you could probably say the same thing. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. That's the key. Um, my only caveat is that I want to keep doing it to be to be a resource that people can count on. Yeah, I don't want to die tonight. I mean, let me make, let me make that clear. <laughs> well, well, no, it's like uh, you want to pass off um, what you're doing so that it's sustainable and, um, you know, is an oasis in a, in a rather hostile health environment. You know, I've heard it described as obesogenic. Obesogenic? Um, obesogenic environment. The, like the whole whole world is, you know, sit in front of a TV, eat terrible food, don't move, you know, take a dead end job. It's like, <laughs> where do you catch a break? Everything about that setup is setting you up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go out of your way to find hard things. I mean, it's, 
I've talked about this in the past, but like, you know, a couple hundred years ago, like the the you surviving the day was not guaranteed. Like there was a lot more hardships just in the day's day than we face nowadays. I mean, there's definitely hardships nowadays still, don't get me wrong, but like it's not usually a life and death situation for most people anymore. And right. you have to go out of your way to create those hardships, those obstacles, those hurdles, those 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 things in life that push you to work harder, train harder, be better, be smarter, be more capable. Because if you don't, then you're just going to wither away and you're gonna you're not gonna be doing the human race any favors. No, and I, and I think you really have to fight to thrive. You really have to, you know, put some sweat equity into your own health and do the research and, um, you know, find out what works for you. Find out what, what, um, what sources of protein, what sources of fat, what macros, um, what environmental strategies are going to work for you. You know, I, I watched you, uh, do an Instagram live on uh, sleep hacks and like blue light blocking and stuff like that. And you, you're doing all this for free. Like you're just trying to help the community like dial in like their stuff. And I, I think that's so, so admirable because it really is about making that information more accessible. Like they got to put in the work. No mm-hmm. one's going to do it for you. There's no magic pill, but if we um, as influencers and entrepreneurs can make accessible tools to make that journey easier, man, I feel like that's meaningful. Totally, man. Like I, I can't push a button and make somebody's life turn around, but I can offer any of the information and education that I've acquired over the years by turning my own life around. And that's all anybody can really do, you know? Absolutely. And you can you can have a scarcity mindset and hold that inside you and let it die with you, or you can have an abundance mindset and find fulfillment in sharing it with as many people as possible. And that's one reason why I'm so proud to be a part of this community as a whole, both the keto, carnivore, like this whole community, because I feel like the majority of it is made up of people that are in it for the right reasons, that reason, to share what they've learned that's worked really well for them or their loved ones. And I feel like when the majority of the community is made up of those people, it's just a, a thriving environment for positivity and betterment. I agree. I mean, it's, it's a great cure for cynicism. Like I, I was, I was kind of in a dark place before this, but I, you know, I've just been overwhelmed by, by the community and the connection with keto and carnivore. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have you in the community, man. I'm, I'm proud to know you. I think, I think we definitely need to to keep in touch and figure out some kind of way to collaborate on some things. I feel like it'd be a, a cool combo pack to have like the bricks and the bars available for people that are, you know, going overseas or going camping or just doing something in which nutrient density and quality is of utmost importance. And you and I are both offering something that's different but similar and offers both those. Yeah, heck yeah. So... We'll have to put our heads together, man. I feel like people would, would like that. People should definitely shoot me an email, shoot you an email, let us know kind of what that would look like in their mind because I'd be totally down to make something happen. Yeah, outsource it to the community. What what do you guys want to see? Yeah, yeah. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. Is that what What's your best uh, platform for like communication? Instagram? Instagram, yeah. The Carnivore Bar is, is our most active. Um, but, you know, we have a website up now, just carnivorebar.com. So check yeah. us out. Yeah, people need to shoot us a DM, uh, you know, Keto Savage or Keto Brick, shoot you a DM, let us know kind of what they would want to see in some type of collaborative effort because I think that would be a really good fit and it'd be it'd be cool, man. And since we both have everything done in-house, like we have the flexibility to do whatever we want to do with that, so that's kind of cool too. Right, right. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, man, um, I am going to uh, – let you say one more time when the kicks the Kickstarter is over officially, or it's got one more month. Kick, you said the Kickstarter is over. The extension, the pre-order. I've been taking orders all summer and all fall, winter. I'm about a thousand bars from completing that. Can people still order in the pre-order, or is that closed? Pre-order is closed, and now we're opening sales. They should uh, be available in April. 
Nice, nice. Well, that's exciting, man. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm super keen to, to see what the community thinks of it. I mean, it's just a solid product. It's got quality ingredients. I mean, it's got simple ingredients. Like, I like yes. that there's literally beef, tallow, salt. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Robert. <laughs> Listen, man, let me know if there's everything I can do for you. And always a pleasure. Keep in touch and keep killing it, brother. Will do. You too. Take care, man.